Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Universal Dialect Show, show number 17. I uh, have a great guest. Uh, he's the OG of ufology, you know, um, and he's written over 28 plus books. Is that correct? About 28 plus books. Yep. It's 30 now, actually. So <laughs> 30. Lord. Wow, that's a lot. That's a lot of material. Uh, he has over 100 articles for various magazines, uh, media outlets. He's He's been he's appeared on uh, radio shows, podcasts. Tons of TV shows. That's where I first saw him. I want to welcome uh, Preston Dennett. How are you doing, sir? I'm doing great. Doing great, Chris. How are you? I am doing awesome. I uh, want to thank you for like the 50th time for coming on the show. Like I told you, I'm starstruck uh, because uh, me and my brother, we're huge fans of of the topic of ufology and we know of you. And uh, and uh, I, I was surprised that you answered me back. I was just, you know, hoping that you that you answered me back and, and you did. And, and I appreciate it. Um, I also wanted to uh, tell you that the artwork on a lot of your books, I know Christine does the artwork, is awesome. Like, it's phenomenal. I want to give her a shout out for, for doing a lot of the great artwork. Oh, yeah, thanks. I'll be sure to tell her. Yeah, it's amazing. <laughs> I'm so lucky. She's married to my older brother. So Now, now is she like a uh, digital designer or she draws from scratch? Because I'm, I'm a graphic artist, so is she? Is, do you know if she... Yeah, well, she started old school before computers right. were around <laughs> even. So, but yeah, she transitioned pretty well to doing digital art, but she's worked in all mediums, really. I mean, there's just about nothing she can't do. Yeah, a lot of those covers are, are awesome. They Like, they have a lot of depth, you know? They look realistic, especially some, some of the creatures. You have, there's one book that has, like, a Nordic sort of an alien on it that, you know, that, that looks pretty cool. Yeah. Um so Preston, um, let, let's jump right into it. Uh, let, let's get into the origin story of, of Preston Dennett, um, because you've been doing this for a very long time. So uh, how did you get started on this path? Uh, involuntarily, <laughs> kick, kicking and screaming, honestly, I did not like the subject at all. Was not interested. I thought people who saw UFOs or thought they saw ghosts or anything paranormal were out of their minds, lying, hoaxing hallucinating, misperceiving. I just didn't believe it. Uh, but I'm, I mean, how it all kind of rolled out was pretty interesting, actually. I was absolutely sure none of this was real. And this report came on the news. This was November 17, 1986. I'm a pretty young guy, 21. And the news comes on and there's this pilot apparently over Alaska who claimed to see a UFO. And the re news report was very short, very kind of jokey. They made fun of the pilot and uh, you know, kind of talked to each other. You ever seen a UFO? No, I haven't. And laughed and moved on. But I remember they did show a picture of the pilot. His name is Kenju Tarochi. It's actually a really famous case of a sighting over Alaska. J-A-L Airlines followed the plane for like an hour was on their radar. There was ground witnesses. The whole crew saw it. The FAA caught it on their radar. So there was quite a bit of confirmation. And uh, then, you know, he 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 drew. He he did a rendering, right? Because I I could have sworn I saw a rendering of this object that he saw. It looked like an acorn almost. That's right. Yep. Yep. It was actually. Uh, twice as big as this plane, I think he said. And uh, there's two of them, if I recall correctly. Saw it for a long time, and I didn't believe it, not for a second. But 
it was, I think a couple of days later, a week later, I, I went to my brother and I asked him, actually my sister-in-law's husband, Mark, my older brother, because he said he saw a UFO some years earlier. <laughs> I remember he came running to the house. I was just a teenager at the time. He was like, I right. saw a UFO. <laughs> and I'm like, no, you didn't. Go away. <laughs> uh, but so now that I heard this news report, I, I'm like, Mark, what did you see? And he kind of looked at me sideways like, really? Now you're asking? I'm like, yeah, just tell me. And he described a really amazing sighting. And it was sort of your typical sighting of a metallic disc silent colored lights uh and treetop level he saw it with his two friends they were going down the street it was a really good sighting and saw other people in their car chasing it they were chasing it in their car wow and that's kind of what broke the ice for me and i started asking other people i knew have you ever seen a ufo and yes a lot of them had turned out my Sister-in-law, my other sister-in-law had seen them. And gosh, Marco's wife, uh, as well, the artist of many of my books, she had encounters as a young kid with blue beings. And I brought it up at work. A bunch of people I work with had actually had really major encounters. One had missing time. Uh, and I had a friend who had missing time. A couple of other friends who had sightings. So this is how it all started out for me. So where are you based out of? Like, where, like, are you on the West Coast? I was. I recently moved. Now I'm on the East Coast. But yeah, that was back in Southern California, right outside of L.A. And and hit, and your brother's sighting, was that a nighttime sighting or a daytime sighting? That was nighttime. Yep. Okay. All right. A lot of the sightings, now that you mention it, were pretty much, well, not all of, not all of them. Most of them were nighttime. The lady at work, Dorothy, hers was during the day. Well, no, let me think about that for a second. It was night. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it turns out, you know, statistically speaking, nighttime is much more likely to see a UFO. I think probably because they're much more visible, being all lit up with lights like that. Daylight settings are much more rare. I feel like there's more daytime lately than in the past but i could be wrong i i you know listening to podcasts and other and other like media i feel like there's been reportings and i myself i've seen a lot of daytime sightings myself but um you you, you have a guest as well um did you want to introduce yeah. your guest yeah i'm trying to um, i think i sent her the wrong link so i'm trying to get her the right link um I don't know if she's in the back room or not, but. Uh, yeah, I didn't see anything pop up on my end. Uh, here, I'm, I'm sending her the link again because I don't think I sent her the right link. It's okay. But, no worries. No worries. So you, you weren't a believer before this. Um, and was your brother the your brother's story? Was that the first time you've heard you heard someone talk about UFOs? Um, well, no, not the first time. I would say I did hear it on TV a few times. And uh, on like that show In Search Of. I don't know if you remember that show. That's where I first saw the Patterson-Gimlin film. Yeah, that's where I first heard about UFOs, but I didn't believe it, not for a second. Right. <laughs> I remember they interviewed a family who said they'd seen UFOs. 
And I'm like, no, 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 no way. <laughs> right. Here, I think I've got her correct link now. So so even Leonard Nimoy couldn't convince you, huh? No, no. I did not um, believe. So, I just didn't believe it. I, I thought the stars were too far away. And uh, I had all my misconceptions. You know, people who see UFOs are alone. Turned out none of the people who are or in my family, my friends, my coworkers were alone. They had witnesses with them. Um, right. One lady, Sylvia Walters, she's a flight instructor, a pilot, you know, a good witness. So it was a real shock to have all of this, you know, coming at me. And right. uh, thought, you know what? I'm going to prove them wrong. I'm going to go out to the library. <laughs> I'll go to the bookstore. I'm going to find some books on UFOs because I'm sure this is swamp gas. Even though, you know, after I talked to Mark, my older brother, it was pretty clear it wasn't. Right. And uh, but I just couldn't wrap my head around it. I'm like, this can't be happening. Earth okay. is not being invaded by aliens. There's no way. Uh, but it became pretty clear right off the bat that not only was this true, but there was a UFO cover-up. Uh, there was all kinds of... Uh, stuff going on i see dolly right there i don't know if she could if oh. she's muted yeah i'm glad i i think i sent her the wrong link <laughs> i mean I, I see her now i just yeah. i don't know if she's muted or not um i don't know i think she's trying to get set up <laughs> yeah we i can't hear her maybe she can hear us i can hear you can there you hear we go me? yeah <laughs> How you Hi. doing, Dolly? I'm good. How are you? I'm great. It's nice to meet you. Nice to meet you, too. It must be awesome having a book written about you. It's definitely different. <laughs> it's not what I'm used to. Right. Um, well, can, is there any way you can introduce yourself and, and how you got in contact with, with Preston? How and why? You know? Sure. Um, I'm a generational contactee. I've been uh, involved with ET almost all my entire life. Uh, before the age of 14, it was um, uh, on and off. In other words, I didn't have any real long ability to remember everything uh, for a while. I just thought I was going nuts. Um, when I was 14, I became conscious, fully conscious. And uh, about uh, 2016, I decided to come out and talk about uh, what I go through and what's going on in, around us and above us. Um, uh, for about a year and a half, I was uh, briefed by ET themselves on what I would be walking into and what I needed to expect. And I started looking. Um, I looked for a long time. I spent about nine, 12 months, uh, and I wasn't real happy with what I was seeing. I didn't pay attention to the UFO world here. I was too busy living it. And um, my contact uh, finally said, look, we know somebody look him up and his name is Preston Bennett. And I said, okay. And when I got back, um, I looked him up on YouTube and there he was big as life. And I found one of his original videos, very first one, I think it was about healings and uh, it was dead on. I mean, he is incredibly um, intelligent, insightful. He tells the truth. He knows his facts and uh, I liked what I heard. And so I contacted him. I sent him an email. And less than 48 hours later, he had contacted me in that in the long process of communicating with him and telling him my story. 
Right, right. Preston, Preston's a superstar. He just doesn't know it. That's all. <laughs> uh, it was really cool when Dolly contacted me. She yeah. was a little wary at first, you know, like a lot of witnesses are. They'll start off by saying, you know, I haven't told anyone about this. I'm telling the truth. You know, I've got a good job, which Dolly definitely had some amazing resume uh, working with the Department of Defense and wow. a registered nurse. And, and it just goes on from there. But right. her story, uh, as you know, I finally she began to open up. Um, it's like, wow, oh my God, her story is the most extensive I've heard. I've talked to, I mean, as you may know, hundreds of people. Right. So it was really a treat to hear someone talking without fear, without needing to use hypnotic regression or anything like that. And she's a fully conscious contactee. Yeah, that's so crazy. She became the subject of one of my most recent books. Right. So can you put the can you book put the book up real quick so we can oh, yeah. Yeah. Get this it. book symmetry, symmetry, a true UFO adventure. And there's Dolly inside the UFO right there. <laughs> next to a gray alien. <laughs> that's that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, um it, it took me uh, a while to talk about my experiences like out in the open. Normally I, I left it with family and it wasn't until I reached out to Robert Hastings. I don't know if you're aware of who Robert oh, Hastings is. Sure. But I reached out to him. Yeah. And yeah, he's he's he the way that Dolly describes you, I I describe Robert. He's like I love Robert. So and uh, he allowed me a platform to speak to him and you know open up about my experiences. And so it, I guess it eventually it led to what I'm doing now, which is to you know bring to light some of these these things and to let people know not to be afraid to come out and talk about these things. Like, I know, like, like Dolly just said, it took her a while to come out, but you know, she contacted you and you assured her that everything was going to be fine. And she felt comfortable with you. And look, now she has a book out there and she's able to kind of almost exercise these demons. Am I correct? It's kind of similar to just getting stuff off your chest, Dolly. Uh, no, um, it's uh, what I know is coming at us right now. And what I know humanity is capable of. I was raised by ET, literally raised by them, as well as being raised here. I spent a lot of time and I kind of led two lives. I was my life with them and my life here. And um, it's not right that humanity doesn't know the truth. It's not right that you all aren't exercising and using your full autonomy in life. In other words, your abilities, you have innate psychic abilities you're not fully utilizing. Um, just lots of things are going on and it's imperative actually in my mind that y'all know. And when I decided to do this, it was probably around 2014 and uh, it was right after my father passed away. And uh, oh, I I this is it, yeah. And uh, I'm, I, I can't stand it anymore. I don't hear anybody saying anything even close to what's really going on. I mean, there are lots of people who are having experiences and I started paying attention to what people were saying, but on top of experiencers, contactees, there are people who are bending the truth, who are outright lying, who are not giving you a clear message of what it really is. And I had enough and I just said, I got to talk. I can't take it anymore. Right. And, uh, uh, it's taken a lot to get me just to this point where I can speak freely about it. So so, so you're saying that there's people out there that, because I know I've heard other people talk about their experiences, and yes. the so-called messages that they're being told. Mm -hmm. And you're saying that a lot of those messages are, are false. Or they're just not well, the governments of the world are also spreading misinformation too. There are huge misinformation experts out there, and it's crazy what I hear, you know, crazy. 
Um, there is no galactic federation. Uh, we do not have armies on Mars. That's impossible. It can't happen. I can give you 50 reasons why without it. I mean, if you'd like, I'll spell it out for you. It's a dead planet. It has a dead core. It has no magnetosphere. It has no soil. It's outgassing. It is a dead planet. Nothing can live there. Uh, second thing is, is that if there were people on Mars, you'd see a signature for it. Humans are dirty and they leave all kinds of a, a signature of themselves everywhere. And a simple astronomer with a telescope would have seen it. Somebody with a handmade spectrometer would have seen it. Okay, we would have seen it launch. This does not exist. It's not true. And yet thousands of people believe this. This is, this is insane to me. And it's to misdirect your thinking. It's all smoke and mirrors because of what's happening, where our world is going right now. And we're, un, we're in an unsustainable situation. Our, uh, we have a catastrophe headed for us that we're not prepared for. I mean, there's just all kinds of things that are happening all at the same time. And it's now or never, y'all got to know, period. Yeah, the <laughs> cover-up has been so effective for years. Most people did not even believe in UFOs. Thought that, and, you know, I was one of them. I bought into that narrative. And when I found out they were real, I bought into the narrative that this was a threat. But pretty early on in my research, I realized they're not here to hurt us. And in fact, one of their major agendas uh, is healing. It's teaching people. It's announcing their presence. They are absolutely not... Uh, a threat to humanity in any way. Uh, in fact, without them, we wouldn't be as far along as we are today in many ways. And our government is only disclosing now because they would lose all credibility if they didn't start to say there's truth to this phenomenon. Right. Uh, they already so, have lost credibility in my mind. Right. So they, they, they lost credibility and they feel like they'll lose credibility. But in oh, reality, if they came out and just told the truth, they probably gain more credibility for finally admitting like that there's this uh, presence that's here to help us. I mean, well, um, <laughs> they, <laughs> they've had a plan for about 80 years now worldwide. No kidding. And it's the 1% on this planet that think that they are smarter, better, more ready to survive anything that's coming at us. And they only have so much room. They have underground bases. They have stuff stored. They have seed depositories in the north. I mean, they're ready for what's coming. And y'all don't have an idea at all. Nothing. It's not even registering on the conscious minds of most of the people on this planet. It needs to be. Um, our planet's going through a phase now where we're in a 12,000-year cycle. Um, this has happened to this planet many times before. The proof is out there. They won't share it with you. And uh, we're about to have a micronova that's bad enough to put this place back to the Stone Age, and it will. And then following that, when our poles are done excursioning, we're, our wobble is so bad, we're getting ready to fall over again. That happens every 6,000 years. They call it the water or Noah event. We're on top of that as well. And our sun's got a micronova. These are a lot of really serious issues, and ET needs you all to wake up and hear what's being said. They need you to start using your pineal gland and practice being psychic. If you're a contactee, you're already halfway there. You just have to finish what it takes to totally wake up so that you know the truth. Okay. And that's what they're hoping you're going to do because you can't, this is a civilization that is eons beyond us. Okay. They outstrip us. We're like ants to them, but they are our progenitors. They're our parents. We are, they are us. We are them. We are all one. Okay. And they'll take you off this planet and 
and and put you in a safe place, but they need to be able you to hear them. They need you to be able to not be afraid of them. And humanity's been taught to be afraid of their own shadows. That's got to stop too. Okay, there's so many things in place on this planet that are making you a slave to what somebody wants you to think, feel, hear, and see that you don't know the truth about anything, and it's got to stop. So these cataclysmic yeah. events are, are they like literally around the corner? Yes, we're within two years of a CME that's bad enough to put us into the Stone Age. Yes, there are people have you know what a prepper is, right? Yes. Why do you think they prep? The, the, the lie that they tell you is that they're anti-government. No, they're not. They know that bad's coming. They know what's coming. They're intelligent, educated, scientific people who know. They already figured this out. The government's known for 80 years that this is coming. If you're military, you know it's coming because you've been in the service to know that they're, they're ready, okay? But they won't let you talk about it. There are NDAs that are just off the charts. UFOs have been around forever. Every iteration of this planet, every civilization that's ever lived on this planet has seen met and, and know ET personally. This one has not. You've been forced not to. You've been told you're crazy if you think of them as being uh, somebody that's here that's like us. We are all humanoid. We are all genetic DNA holding intelligent life. And we're related, literally related to one another. And they don't want you to know that either. So, so, so through your experiences, have they told you um, how long they've been here and how long they've Forever. been trying to help they've us? They've always helped humanity, yes. Uh, every 12,000 years, this happens to this planet. Okay, It's cataclysmic. And they take just about everybody off that's ready to go. And they can get you off this planet. And then they bring humanity back. Um, to let you finish out. They want you to catch up with them. They want us to evolve. Yeah, we know they've been around for a very long time. We've got the evidence of it. It's not just stories. Indigenous cultures pretty much across the world have oral histories of this. We have cave paintings stretching back thousands of years, petroglyphs, pre-Columbian artifacts, hieroglyphs, uh, the Indian culture, has the the Ved Vedics and the yeah, the, the yeah. writings from ancient India about vinyanas the, the yeah uh, Bhagavadas the the Brahmanas right. and all that yeah they've been around forever. What is interesting, I think, is yeah we know that they've been around for thousands of years. There's evidence of them through the Middle Ages, the Renaissance period, all the way up to the present day. But it is a bit different now because what we've seen was the dawn of the modern age of UFOs was 1947, right? Roswell, Roswell. Arnold, which coincides exactly with the atomic age, which is when we really started to have the ability to destroy all life on this planet and all of humanity. And that's when ET said, I think said enough is enough. And this is when we had a huge super wave sweep across the US and the world. They basically started announcing their presence uh, Robert Hastings, I'm sure, will agree with you about how they are hovering over everything and anything nuclear. It's one of the number one messages given to contactees is, what are you doing with your planet? I don't care if you're talking about the 1950 era of George Adamski and Truman Bethram and Howard Menger, all the contactees, Orfeo Angelucci, Daniel Fry, or, you know, the Billy great... Meyer. <laughs> you name it. The yeah. ETs have been warning us 
from day one that we are in trouble. We are on the wrong path. We are heading towards self-destruction. And so Dolly's message is, I think, clearer than most because she doesn't have the fear and all the controversy with hypnosis and all of this, but it's echoing what other contactees have been saying for years. So so these, because I've had like these weird, in my whole life, these weird experiences where I feel like a part of me is being taken away. But I'm a part of me wants to let go and allow whatever happens to happen, but I fight it all the time. Should I just let it happen? Is that yes, maybe them absolutely. trying? Yeah, lose your fear. If you're if you're blocking it, it means you still got a little bit of uncertainty about it. Uh, open your eyes, mark time. In other words, clearly look at what's happening to you. Investigate it while it's happening. That's how you wake up. You refuse to forget. Okay, and you won't forget. Okay, they will give you what you want. Okay, you're either too afraid to look at them or you're not. Don't be afraid. Look, they're not going to hurt you. Don't believe anything anybody says about ET being vicious, voracious, man eaters, whatever. That's not true. None of it. They are extremely advanced beings who we are absolutely related to. And they are uh, so far advanced that this is a, not an easy step for us to take. But it's a step you must take or you're going to just miss out. Every lifetime you live, I don't know if you believe in reincarnation or not, but it's true. You do live more than one lifetime. You live for eternity like this. You go different places in the universe. You live different peoples around the universe. You have a complete and rich life that you live. And somehow this time you're clueless. Stop being clueless. Look at them, smile at them, talk to them. They'll talk back. You know, use your mind. Let them talk to you. It's okay. It'll be fine. Oh, they'll take you on a tour of the ship, let you sit in a seat, fly you around. It's great. They are good people. Yeah. Okay? Don't be afraid. Probably won't even use the term abductee because it's not accurate. Yeah. And I learned that long ago. In fact, there was a couple I interviewed from Sedona. I wrote about their story in my book, Extraterrestrial Visitations. They were driving along and saw a UFO. They ended up having missing time. Uh, she started having dreams, so they went under hypnotic regression. And they said, we were not abducted. We were invited on board. It was a wonderful experience. They met largely human-looking beings, so they were bald and did have large dark eyes and pale skin, but looked very much human, perhaps hybrids. And uh, they were healed. She, The husband was healed of carpal tunnel syndrome and a bad knee. And uh, she asked him, like, why are you helping us? <laughs> why don't you just come down, take over, and help everyone? And they said, well, we can't. We would love to do that, but it's up to you to solve your own problems. But we are helping those who help others. And this is a pattern I did notice. Who is having contact, particularly who is being healed? It's nurses, like Dolly, doctors. Uh, this couple, they were healers using natural healings and he was a social worker they love social workers like betty and barney hill uh you know yeah. inventors musicians environmentalists animal rights activists these are the people that are contacting and trying to spread the message because these are the people who are actually having a good effect on the world and that is one of their agendas this is what they're trying to do and if you look at what it happens when someone's taken on board 
yes, it can be very scary to be physically examined. <laughs> Dolly talks mm -hmm. about this in the book. Uh, people ha often have a very strong fear reaction. And I always ask people, what actually happened to you? I'm like, well, you know, they, I, w I wasn't able to move. They undressed me and they were examining me. I'm like, okay, anything else? And that's the scariest it gets. I have zero reports of sadistic behavior or torture or, you know, ETs trying to hurt people or trying to scare them. They will always say, don't be afraid. We won't hurt you. And if you don't have a strong fear reaction, you're given freedom of movement. Right. And they will give you a tour of the craft uh, and more. I mean, like Dolly learned how to fly the craft. Uh, I've ha heard that many times. Yeah, that's crazy. Dolly describe it. It's like, wow, here we go again. This is a good thing. It's a really wonderful opportunity for a lot of people to have this experience. Right. So, so with Betty and Barney Hill, do you think that they uh, took their experience the wrong way? Because when they went under, they, like, I know Barney was screaming and Betty was saying that she was being hurt because they were inserting something into her navel. You think well, that maybe I'll, they... I'll give you, I'll give you a, a real good explanation for all of that. First of all, I am a nurse. I'm an ER nurse, retired. I don't do it anymore. Um, every time I've had a patient who doesn't know what's going on, they freak out. They'll they'll do things to you. They'll bite you. They'll hit you, spit on you, refuse treatment. I mean, it turns into a nightmare sometimes because they're mentally incapable of being realizing that they're in a safe place and they're being taken care of. Um, ET is examining us to make sure that we're healthy. We are under subjected uh, exponentially heavier loads of gamma radiation right now while our poles are excursioning. This has been going on for 100 years. It's derazzing our DNA. We know the proof of this because NASA proved it to themselves, first of all. They had two astronauts, identical male astronauts. One went up for a year, the other one stayed on the ground. When the one came back, his DNA no longer matched his brother. Okay? And it's still ongoing process of his DNA trying to repair itself. That's serious. Every astronaut who goes up for a year or more is taking incredibly heavy loads and they're physically being damaged by it and they know this. We're being damaged because our magnetosphere is down and it's coming in on us. They have a way of bolstering us up, healing us from it and taking care of us. And that's what's happening on board. They're making sure that we are all okay because of what's coming at us. Second of all, Betty and Barney Hill lived in a time where People were extremely afraid. They were an interracial couple, which made their life hell anyway, okay? They were constantly being brushed by things. They're, the The mythology of that day was so bad, they would have been afraid if a, if a clown ran at them with a spoon, okay? So, and then and then we've got the, the person who was interviewing them, this, the person who did the hypnotism. If you're not the right kind of hypnotist, if you're gonna exacerbate somebody's experience by allowing them to go off the charts for whatever reason that person did, I personally think that was heinous on that person's part. You keep people calm when you're under hypnosis. You do not let them re-experience full force or even amplify it while they're under. And I think that occurred horribly with them. So that's bad. Betty did recall well, so did uh, Barney. And after it, all of that was going on, they finally calmed down about it and realized that, hey, this wasn't as bad as we thought. And they changed their mind about a thing, a few things. Betty was even able to transcribe something she had seen that they taught her in a book. Okay, 
um, I got to see it and I actually translated it from Preston. We sent it to him because it is an absolute translation of what she saw. I can because I can read their language. Right. Um, yeah, but Betty Hill, you know, when they stuck that needle in her navel, she says, oh, you're hurting me. They immediately stopped the pain and actually apologized. Right. And she did not have a strong fear reaction. For her, it was overall a very positive experience. He I did. And they ended up, you know, suppressing most of his memory for his benefit. Um, but ultimately, it was a very positive experience for both of them. And she would later have future contacts, which is not yeah. well known. But her niece does talk about this. Uh, Kathleen Martin, is it her name? Yes, I believe. Yeah. So. Yeah. 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 So it was. And she recalled most of it through dream, dreams. Her dreams were actually more accurate largely than her hypnotic regression right. uh, more detailed certainly uh and uh, yeah th that was the case that really i think brought public awareness to it but fear sells and this is a narrative that has been put forth in our media and by the secret government if you will and it's not true it's simply not true the subject of my first book you know, i was in this field for 10 years before i wrote a book i was writing articles but after about 10 years of research, I'm like, well, you know, their, their main agenda, I think, is healing. And that was the first subject of my first book, UFO Healings. And I have 100 cases. I've since Nin put 96, 1996, it came out. That's right. Yeah. 100 cases is no small thing. Right. And I've since found like 300. And mind you, this is from people like David Jacobs, Who's like, ah, ETs are evil. I'm like, well, hold on a second. Don't you have cases of them being cured of pneumonia? And Alice Haggerty was cured of diphtheria. And she says flat out, this was not a negative experience for her, despite what David Jacobs says. Bud Hopkins has cases. John Mack, Barbara Lamb, Philip Mantle, Edith Fiore, Yvonne Smith, Timothy Good. I can go on. Tim Beckley. <laughs> this is, you know, proof, I'll say, or really good evidence, certainly, that the narrative that we're being spoon-fed is not true. They are here to heal, teach, guide, and awaken. Right. Those are their main agendas. So, so Dali, the, the beings that you're in contact with, are they the same, uh, con the same uh, beings that I think his name is Good? He talks about these blue um, beings. Are they the same? Do you know um, I, well, I know of the blue beings. Um, I've seen them. I know, I know of their ethnicity. Um, are they eight, there eight, are many eight different beings? types of grays, and the blue beings are a type of gray. It's one of their ethnicities. They dye them out like we do. They have different skin tones, height, weight, you name it. They're all human genome, though. Um, my direct contact is uh, the tall grays and the tall white, you call them Nordics. And um, I am a hybrid. I am part gray and I am part tall white. Um, I have um, seen, I don't know, lots and lots and lots of different people. I refer to them as people. We're people. They're people. Okay. They have emotions. They eat, sleep. They drink. You know, they go to the bathroom. They have babies. They, they, they're just people like we are. They're just highly evolved people. And um, if you're having contact, uh, it's really good for you to, like I said, please be interested in who they are and question them. Get answers for yourself. They will answer you. They will talk to you. 
don't put a shield up between your mind and theirs. Let them in. Okay. Um, your veracity for doing what you're now doing now. You're on a radio. You're spreading the news of this. Did it ever strike you that that there are thousands and thousands and thousands of people on this planet who've had similar experiences who now know that they've got to keep looking, that they're starting to be signaled that, oh, wait a minute, something's going on. We need to know the truth. Thank God for that. Thank God that we're starting to wake up, and we are. ET is constantly broadcasting to us. They're constantly trying to get us to hear and see who they really are in spite of what the world governments want you to believe. Okay, and just go with it. It's okay. Don't be afraid of them. You have nothing to fear from them. Nothing at all. So, so how do I know it's them? Uh, you well, that's a good question. You test it out. You can't take my word for it for when right. it's happening to you. Only you know. If you open up your mind and you start practicing your psychic abilities, you will know the truth. You will see it for what it really is. You'll hear the truth. You'll know. Okay, and. You question everything. You be your own detective. Think things through. Cognitively approach this from you're, you're not going to believe anything anybody says from here on out. You're going to test the waters of your life and your experiences and come to your conclusion. You'll be right. Okay? Try it. You can do I'll it. Try it. I'll yeah. try it. I'll try it. The subject is quite complicated because we are dealing with a, a ruthless evil force, our governments, who have psychotronic technology, mind control technology, and are putting forth this false narrative and actually using techniques to act this out. My lapse, military abductions. So there are people who are suffering and having negative experiences, and it's not ET, and they believe it is because our governments are very clever in doing this. Right. The majority of cases are ET. But when someone has a strong fear reaction and you're in terror and you're like, oh, my God, I don't like this. It's very hard for you to perceive. It's very hard for you to understand what's going on. And people often come to a snap judgment. I see this all the time. And if someone is a contactee and they continue to have experiences, at some point, the vast majority of them, certainly the ones I've interviewed, and I think my research is borne out by people like John Mack and Barbara Lamb and Dolores Cannon and Edith Fiore and others, uh, they come around and realize, you know what? They're not trying to hurt me. <laughs> They right. are, that is not their agenda at all. And right. I always ask people, would you wish this never happened? You know, do you think they're evil? The vast majority say, no, I don't think they're evil. I didn't understand it at first, and it was quite traumatic, but I would not trade this for anything in the world. This has been a really eye-opening and spiritually transforming experience. So, yeah, that that's my fear is like, uh, if I let go, I feel like I'm defenseless. And and uh, and I don't know what I'm letting myself go to. Like, I don't know who I'm giving myself up to. Because I would imagine that... That's uh, what you've been taught, how right. you've been taught to react. That is a absolutely perfect, detailed fear reaction. You just described it. That's exactly what you're doing. You're doing what you've been trained to do. Your mind, you're capable of seeing and hearing and telling... Okay, you're in a room and there's a light in the room and it looks like an open flame. Now, you have the experience of knowing what that flame is, correct? correct? But what if you're in a room and you see a light, but it doesn't look like any kind of light you've ever seen before? Are you going to walk around it and study it for a few minutes? Are you going to just, uh, or stick your hand in it? No, you're going to stick a pencil in it, maybe, or 
throw something at it. You're going to shine a light on it. You're going to do whatever experiment you need mentally to do to dis to deduce the veracity, the truth of what that really is. That's your job as a human being. That's your autonomy. You have every right to act like that. You have every right to exemplify your own need to know the truth, your own need to understand what you're looking at and understand so that you've got that knowledge. When an ET enters the room with you and an AI standing there staring at you, don't be afraid of it. Don't be afraid to talk to it. Turn the bedroom light on. It's not going to disappear. It'll smile at you, actually. It'll try to. And say, hey, dude, <laughs> what you doing? It will answer you. It right. will hold its hand out to you. It will say, oh, thank God, he's not going to beat the shit out of me. This is, <laughs> this is how they are. But if you act like, oh, my God, under the covers, oh, bite my knee. What are you accomplishing when you do that? You All you've got is another big mystery that you can't solve. How can you live like that? Don't let negativity enter your mind when you're seeing something for the first time. Think about what it really is. Shine the light on it. Do an experiment. Please don't attack them, but try to make friends. They'll make friends with you. Yeah, he has been so beat down for so many years. That's the problem. You know, I wrote a series of books called Not From Here. Just put out the fourth volume. But in one of the volumes, I have a chapter of uh, stop UFO, don't shoot. Because there are some 20, 30, 40 cases of people who shot at UFOs. You know what? They don't shoot back. They will just go away. No, no. And in my latest book, um, which just came out, this one here, I have a chapter of people who have physically attacked the greys, punched them in the face, knocked them down, clawed at them. They do not attack back. They will step back. And if they have to, you know, render you unable to move or prevent you from hurting them. But we have this fight or flight reaction to anything unknown uh, because we've been, you know, so beat down and forced to. We've been subjected to violent tendencies. We've been taught to be violent, ask, uh, beat them up first and ask questions later. No thinking process whatsoever. And we really got to stop doing that. Yeah, Dolly's been on board, right? During a process of what is popularly known as abductions. It's not. And Dolly won't call them that. The ETs won't either. Uh, They're pulling people on board to physically examine them, check up on them, guide them, do what they can to help. And Dolly's been on board when people have jumped off that table and attacked. I mean, you have one story, Dolly, which is crazy, where I think it was a lady who broke one of the gray's arms. Yes. Yep. We stopped her in (laughs) mid-flight. She was floating in the air. (laughs) We helped the gray. She's just like suspended there, not moving. And she's watching. We can see her eyes moving. And uh, we got the gray out of there, got everybody calmed down. And then we gently lowered her back to sitting position. And I went up to her and said, are you calm now? (laughs) I'm a human being. Look me dead in the face. Be calm. Please be calm. She wasn't. She was in full flight mode. And that's when we alleviated her of the memory. And she was not going to remember anything. None of it. Um, I don't want people to remember being angry. I don't want them to remember being violent. I don't want them to remember uh, doing violence, that kind of thing. And neither does the they, they will stop you from remembering at that point. And more people than you know will try to fight them. I mean, I've even been... Uh, one guy... Didn't like anything that was happening to him. He was sitting there. He wouldn't talk to me. He wouldn't calm down. And he pinched the dog out of me in my arm. I mean, bad. 
And we're like, okay, fine. We, we let him go. You know, we didn't examine him or nothing and just put him down and on the ground and, you know, just dropped him off. <laughs> it's insane how people react. And I mean, anybody, even a small child, children of our day, day and age now know how to be violent before they're five. So everybody's not having a good day sometimes and ET will not fight you back. They'll stop you, but they won't hurt you. And they'll give you relief if you need it. They won't play with you anymore. They'll give you, but they'd rather you be curious, want to know what's going on and show you anything you want to see. They'll teach you anything you want to know. Yeah, Travis <laughs> talks about his experience and he got violent and they ran away and then he wound up finding, uh, going into another room and encountering a different being that looked more human-like. But I mean, even he says, even he retracts and feels bad about how he reacted toward them when when he does when he's been doing uh, interviews recently. But uh, let me ask you a question, Dolly. Um, is there any way to maybe do some sort of pre-arrangement so that this encounter doesn't happen while I'm sleeping? Uh, you know, or or maybe get it to a point where they can announce themselves before the situation they happens. They actually do. That's why they want you to wake up. They're actually talking to you long before you see them. Your psychic ability is null, and you're not awake enough to uh, hear them make the call. This is very disconcerting to them because it's like they're sneaking up on you and no, they're not. They're talking to you the whole way through. We make contact with you mentally long before we pick you up. You're told it's coming. A lot of people who are awakening and are used to the experience will go, hey, and they're sitting out waiting for us. I mean, some people will even go outside and wait, okay? Um, but if you're not if you're not paying attention, if, you, if you're going to go to sleep every night and not know that you're living in a universe that's talking to you all night long and that your consciousness is awake all night long doing stuff, uh, you're kind of going to get snuck up on by them. And they don't mean it, but they got a job they're doing for us and helping us. And they're not going to stop. They're going to keep trying to take care of us as much as they possibly can. That's their job. Are they selecting? I'm sorry. Go ahead, Preston. I don't mean to cut you off. No, no. Humans are experts in denial. (laughs) And we also compartmentalize our consciousness to a degree. So this is why meditation is so important. This is why ETs have a major agenda to wake us up to our own psychic abilities which isn't perhaps the best word because these are natural human abilities. We should all be clairvoyant, telepathic, all of this stuff, healing, out-of-body experiences, remote viewing. Uh, this is all stuff we should normally be able to do. And once we get to that point, no, they're not going to surprise you. Many, many people know they're coming. Dolly just mentioned it, but I hear that all the time. Even a simple sighting, people will feel a strong impulse to look out the window or go outside. Right. I'm one of them. <laughs> See, there you go. You're everybody's psychic already. All right. It's the level of your ability that's in question for everybody. Um, you have moments of insight. You have moments of clairvoyance. You have moments of telekinesis. Human beings can do almost anything, but it's fleeting. It's not consistent. Okay. What you ought to do is practice that. There's a tool for that, by the way. There's an app for that. Uh, in the Google Play Store, you go and you look up ESP Trainer. It was developed by Russell Targ. If you're into UFOs and ETs and the CIA and psychic abilities, you know who he is. 
He was an agent who was smart, as smarter, better than Einstein. He left this tool for us so that we could develop our psychic abilities. It tracks your ability. It, uh, it, it shows you where you're doing well with it and where you're not. It encourages you to keep trying. And it's a wonderful tool. Use it with your family. Have games. And if you have small children, I'm telling you, let them be. Let them know that what they're seeing and hearing is real and get them to describe it to you. Let them be psychic. Don't tell them, no, that's wrong. You know, ghosts are not real, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. Do not put them into a delusional state about all of nature and what nature really is. This is part of who you really are. Yeah, I have three, I have three kids, um, but my, my youngest is 17. But they've told me they've seen like a shadow individual in their room Whereas where I feel attacked, they feel like they're being watched per se, or like 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 this being finds them interesting in some way, so they don't feel threatened by it. Whereas I do, right. but for some weird reason, my wife doesn't have any experiences. It's just me and my kids. I, it's just weird how she's she doesn't have any experiences. Like in like my that. own life, my mother refused the, my entire life to deal with it at all. Um, I don't. I don't think she was afraid of it as much as she just didn't something was missing with her that she just didn't want to deal with it at all and so I had a father who knew what was going on my house our household was I was constantly having things going on constantly my brother had a brain uh, infection when he was very small and it, it totally cut him off from his abilities he totally lost his psychic abilities it just annihilated him and um, so he was, uh, prove it to me, prove it to me, prove it to me. And uh, <laughs> had work hard with him, okay? And, but yeah, and I knew he was a contactee. They kept tabs on him. They, they helped him a lot, but, you know, he was just mentally cut off from it. So there are people in that state. It's going to take ET to repair or help you, or you also have to remember that you're here for a reason. We're here to learn. We're here to wear wisdom. We're supposed to assimilate everything we learn and move on, okay? That's the reason we're here. In source, where we're all really sitting, we can have any knowledge we want. We have all of it, but you can't employ that knowledge without physically learning it for yourself. There are just so many lessons that you physically, emotionally have to learn. And so that's why we have bodies. That's why we're in a 3D construct uh, dimension, heavy gravity, the whole thing. We learn. Whatever you learn, you wear it. Like knowledge, you become wise. And the name of the game in this universe is to up your up your consciousness, up your knowledge and your understanding. And um, I don't see too many people doing that right now. And it's basically because we've lost this. We've got to get it. We've got to is stop being slaves. Is that the pineal gland you're talking yes. about? That's your phone call. You know, your brain, your brain transmits a signal. You're in alpha, beta, theta, gamma, and delta. You transmit that. ET also does the same thing, and you can hear in those frequencies as well with that pineal gland you can be transmitted to. That's all psychic ability is. Your physical brain, like a computer, can pick up signals psychically. It's a sense. <laughs> the reason why I'm laughing is because I, I was interviewed you know, about my experiences on a show before, and I had mentioned that I had this weird... I, I thought it was a dream, but I had this weird thing where I was getting signals it sounded like uh like snow when the tv back in the days when the tv channels used to like static. 
Yeah. Yes, like static. I don't know. Is that is that a signal? Um, I don't know. It just depends. It, you have to be careful now, okay? Because we live in, a, in an age where we have people who back engineered ET technology, okay? And AIs are um, artificial intelligence. They're somewhat biological and they're capable of reading your mind. They have that technology in them and they have now developed this. They have computers all over the place now who can read your mind. They can actually project a picture of what you're thinking. That's how seriously technically uh, they've back done this. Um, they think that they can use an AI computer to run a craft because they have down craft and they keep trying, but it's not working because it takes somebody way more advanced than that to do that. Every ET craft is indwelt by a fifth dimensional non-corporeal being that runs it. The crafts themselves are somewhat biological and their entire systems are run on psychic technology. That's how advanced they are. Um, the only reason that I learned to fly is because I am psychically advanced. I have been advanced my entire life. And when I woke up, they gave me the option. I wanted it. And they they checked me out to make sure I could learn. And then it took me four years before I got to pilot. Um, it is extremely advanced psychic ability that you're using. And an AI can't do it. No AI runs the ship. No AI. They can fly if the ship lets them, assi they'll assist them. The ship can fly itself, okay? Because is it organic? It is organic. It okay. is an organic craft that is indwelt by an intelligence that's extremely advanced, okay? They're fifth dimensional, I'm not kidding. Um, that's where that is. When I join psychically with the craft, that's it, the intelligence that's on board that craft. We, we merge together. Um, I He's running every system on the ship and I'm actually piloting it, and, but it's a cooperative effort. I have to be able to psychically link up with that guy and, or lady. It just depends on who's who's doing it. But every single craft in the ET fleet all the way across the universe, that's how they're run. Yeah, I just want to show you a second and uh, just underline something you, you, we were talking about just a second ago in terms of like how you're having contact, Chris, and your wife not so much. And I think Dolly can talk about this because I've certainly heard this from other contactees. There's a guy in England who says, you know, Preston, I'm pretty sure everyone is having contact on some level. And I absolutely agree with that because having talked to a lot of people, there are different degrees of contact, different ways contact takes place. Sometimes it's solely telepathic. Some people will just have a simple one profound sighting and that's all they need to do their mission in life because we're all coming down for certain reasons. And what I found with a lot of contactees, particularly those who are having extensive contact, is their spouse doesn't have so much. They are there to help keep them a little bit grounded. That is their mission. Whitley Streeper talks about that with his wife. Yeah. Right. Yes. Uh, she wasn't having a lot of experience. She did have some, but not, nowhere near the level he was having. And I see that quite a bit. And I see people having different levels of contact in different ways. Like me, myself, I haven't had, you know, full on memories of onboard experiences. Well, I'm starting to actually, I should say. <laughs> I did have a missing time encounter, but I imagine if I had fully remembered that, it would have shifted my mission away from writing about this and interviewing hmm. people and other people's experiences. So, yeah, so they're very, very clever in how they contact people and how, is this fulfilling, helping them to fulfill the reasons they came down to earth. Right. So yeah, you, you you've had experiences, 
So you've had your own experiences? Oh, yeah. Yeah. When I found out UFOs were real and that people I'd known were seeing them, I was so jealous. I was mad. <laughs> I was scandalized. I'm like, I want to see these. And I did. I went out and I looked for them and I found them. And if anyone wants to see a UFO, you can. It's just nice. a matter of reaching out mentally, going outside and looking. Um, maybe not. Well, Dolly can talk about this because the right now Earth is going through a big deal. Of, right. Uh, yeah. When I giggle, I apologize. I'm not like laughing at you. It's just because <laughs> when you guys say things, it reminds me of incidents. Like you say, when you ask to, for them to show themselves in, in a sense, I guess that's what you were saying. They will show themselves. And again, I remember the house that I'm living at now laying on the couch and I can see outside my window. And for whatever reason, I was looking at this one spot and I said, show yourself. And I'm a light like a bright light, just boom, just. I had that. Same yeah, it, it showed itself. <laughs> yeah, I had that yeah. once. <laughs> yeah, they'll power up. They'll yeah, power up. So, so, so when I, so when I giggle, I'm not making fun of yeah. you guys or anything. I, you know, it, it's okay. just you guys are saying things. <laughs> Dolly, are you wearing a Fates of Black shirt by any chance? Yes. <laughs> yeah, I got it at the UFO con, and yeah. Preston said, "Get on the, get on the thing right now." Yeah, texted me, and I didn't have time to change my shirt, but I got this. Jimmy right. Church signed it. I love Jimmy. I love Jimmy. Yeah. I think Jimmy's awesome. I would love to meet yeah. him one day, but I think he's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Have you met Jimmy Preston by any chance? Have you met Jimmy? Oh Church? yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, I've been on his show a few times. Not a lot lately, but at least two or three times. Yeah. Yeah, Jimmy. Jimmy's great. All right, so I. Uh, like this was impromptu, so I don't know if we go back to my notes or if you want to continue talking. Like, like the questions that I have primarily are: um, how many races of beings are there, and do they work together, or or is there like maybe uh, are they competing in no, any way? No, absolutely not. When you reach that level of intelligence, uh, it all that all of that goes away. You you work past it, um, and it's not different races. We're all the same. Everything that is living in this universe has DNA, and we are all related to one another. You're related to the animals on this planet. You're related to everything in the universe. We are all humanoid, bipedal, but we are ethnic. Our DNA dolls up differently, so we look different. does not make you a different race. Humanoid, bipedal. If you see a mantid, he's still walking on two feet. If you see a cat person or somebody that looks like you know a dog, He's bipedal. He's walking on feet. He's got arms. He's intelligent. Uh, if they're all humanoid, okay? So that's across the board throughout this universe. There's no such thing as silicon intelligence. There's no, doesn't, we're carbon, oxygen, nitrogen. We're all the same thing, okay? We're all together in this. You yeah, can't be alive otherwise. That's a trick question, I think, because, yeah, we are all one. That's definitely the message I hear from most contactees. We are you, you are us, we are one. But it's a wide universe. And the fact is there's an infinite number of types of humanoids out there. It just goes on and on. And you can see this in the UFO literature. We have huge diversity here among us. Alone, yeah. Quote, humans. <laughs> we are extraterrestrials to everyone else in the universe, <laughs> if you want to put it that way. Correct, correct. Um, yeah. So the governments really of this planet have forced you to believe that there are different races. There are not. There's no such thing. We are of the human race, period. 
There's yep. no such thing. We all have the same blood. We have the same skin, the same everything. We just different colors. We we dime out ethnically. Okay. We have different family uh, bonding types and stuff like that. That doesn't make you different. It just makes you ethnic. That's it. Correct. And that's how they are. And, and what and, and for both of you, what are your thoughts on like cryptids, like Bigfoot or Dogman? Like, do they factor into this as well, or are they separate? Something there separate. Are, there are ETs who are big dogs. They look like dogs. They have the mostly human form, but they have got clawed hands and clawed feet. They have the longer face. They do have stand up, straight up ears. They're very dark, and they are uh, from around where the Zeta reticuli are area okay. is. And uh, they are intelligent. They can fly craft as well. They're, um, they have a purpose and they have a job to do. A lot of mythology is on this planet, okay? So when you hear about a dogman running around eating people, that's humans propagating that. That is not them, okay? They may have seen one and they evolved it in their brain to tell the story because they wanted attention about it and they didn't think anybody believed them. So now we got people running around scaring each other to death over something that is not true, okay? Um, Mothman is supposed to be a dog-like correct? I looked into the whole cryptid thing and yeah. there are dogmen, but they're not attacking or killing or eating people. Bigfoot can be hostile to a certain extent, but only to scare you off. And there are many cases of Bigfoot being very friendly. Right. And people are like, oh, I'd love to see an ET. All you have to do is look around you and you can see all different types of entities look at dogs look at dolphins look at yeah bigfoot is real it's just our own lack of understanding to label them as you know cryptozoological right. which really only means hidden they have their, right. they're there they've been there for as long as we have accounts stretch way way back hundreds upon hundreds of years right. of bigfoot i've had my own bigfoot encounter because the lady i knew was having encounters and she called me out to her house we ended up having an encounter. Can you can you get into that? Do you mind? Oh, sure. Yeah, it was really cool. She's like, oh, my God, I think I'm having Bigfoot encounters. I'm like, what do you mean? She says, <laughs> well, one showed up at my house and was banging on the door. And she looked out her window, and there it was. And it walked around the house, looked in her son's window. He saw it. Looked in the window of her roommate. <laughs> uh, he saw it, too. I interviewed all three of them. It stood up in their tree and cracked a branch off. It did all kinds of stuff. And uh, it was causing all kinds of, you know, attention in the neighborhood. And she was having repeated encounters. So I finally went over there and she showed me what looked like footprints. They weren't super conclusive, but I looked at the tree where it broke the branch. And she says, you know, I think I know where this thing lives. I'm like, you're kidding. She lived in Acton. This is in the high desert. Wait, where is this at? It's in Southern California, right outside okay. of L.A., really. Wow. L.A. has... The LA National Forest, which if you look at it is vast, it's huge. And as I looked into it, I realized, oh my gosh, this has a long Bigfoot history. And this is one of the encounters, well, there was one before that, that really got me interested in researching Bigfoot, which I resisted because I was afraid it might be real. <laughs> and of course it was. Uh, the evidence for it is absolutely overwhelming. If you don't think Bigfoot's real, I'm just going to say you haven't done your homework. <laughs> Look right. into it. The evidence is there. So she says, all we have to do is go you know, drive down this dirt road into the forest. So she lived off the five 
or the 14 freeway, not too far, a couple of miles. We went down this dirt road, which led about a few miles into the forest. And it was wilderness out there, very steep hills, thick with brush, so thick you couldn't really climb them if, even if you wanted. I mean, this was thick, thick wilderness. And it was dusk, and we were going to bring our cameras and our sound equipment, and we're going to try and have a Bigfoot encounter, because <laughs> she felt like it was following her. She felt like she was in telepathic contact with Bigfoot. And if you research Bigfoot, yes, that comes up. Telepathy. I've had a number of people I've interviewed who've had this. And so we get out of the car and she's pulling out the sound equipment, right? And I walk to the front of the car and I'm surveying the area. And suddenly this thing roars really loud. Wow. It was my right, sort of, I guess that would be to the east and to this gully and up this ravine, exactly where she pointed. She says, I think it lives around here somewhere. And it was so loud. I mean, I don't know if you've heard a lion roar or anything. I have right. it too. And it kind of rumbles in your chest. Yeah, infrasound. Yeah, it was like that, but it swept over you. I'm like, oh my God, what? And then it roared again. And by this point, Wendy, I'll call her, is completely like, freaking out. She's screaming, get in that car! <laughs> We're leaving! <laughs> yeah, yeah. And she lost her mind when I started running towards this thing, because I wanted oh, to see it. Right, right. And the, yeah, maybe foolhardy, I know, but I wanted to see it. And when I when it roared the second time, for 10 seconds, which is a long, a long time. Roar. <laughs> yeah, that's a long time. Yeah, I mean, this is, it went, and uh, man, I, could, I couldn't see where it was coming from, but I could pinpoint the exact area. It was too dark. It was like dusk at this point, or closer to night. And I wanted to stay, but she was so freaking out that I'm like, fine, let's go. That was, so it was audible, an audible encounter, I guess you would say. Right. But yeah, I was telling Dolly about that. She's like, oh my gosh, I think I may have heard one too. Cause you lived up on, in the wilderness too, at some point. Yeah. I lived in Pine Mountain National, uh, well in Pine Mountain, Georgia, right at the foot of the Appalachians. The trail started practically in our backyard and it's a huge, um, uh, 25,000 acre preserve up there. FDR used to go there all the time. And uh, we had a bad tornado and I don't think it liked it. <laughs> and I, I would, uh, it got cold right after the tornado. We went into the wintertime and I used to have a, you know, fire at night, you know, on the weekends and we'd sit out warm our toes and stuff. And one night I had this incredible feeling I need to leave the fire going and I left apples out and stuff like that. And I went in the house and all of a sudden I just knew that it, whatever it was, was sitting out there enjoying the fire and eating my apples. And a couple of days later, I was out on my uh, the backyard, and I was going to go up on the ridge line to see how much really bad area we had from that tornado. And all of a sudden, I heard off in the distance, like he was pissed off, angry, and it was running down the back ridge line. I couldn't see it because it was on the other side of the ridge, and but it was loud. And I thought, oh my god, that's got to be a big play. And then we were at the UFO MegaCon, and the guys who researched this. I don't, I can't remember their names right now, but they're big in the field. He was talking about a secret area that they were working on. And I said, it wouldn't be Pine Mountain, would it? And he looked at me and he said, why do you say that? Because I, I lived up there. I told him where I lived. He freaked out. He said, yeah, there's a Bigfoot up there. And I, what, what, yeah, I was it Duke, it. was it Duke Sullivan? Yeah, that's it. That's him. Yeah. 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 I was amazed. Yeah, they, were, Duke Sullivan. they have a lot of information coming out about that, I guess. So. 
Yeah, I mean, I, 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 I didn't know that there was a connection between, you know, the this quote unquote extraterrestrial and the cryptids, you know, uh, initially, it's not until these last few years that I'm finding out that, like you said, there's no difference. They're all the same, essentially. Yeah, I wrote about that in one of the chapters of my Not From Here series, the UFO Bigfoot connection, because <laughs> let's face it, most people who see Bigfoot aren't going to see a UFO with it or vice versa. If you see a UFO, probably Bigfoot's not going to come out of it. But there's some 50 cases where it's these two phenomena, I'll call them phenomena, they're not, they're just natural, but they intersect perfectly. And there is absolutely a connection. And I'm not sure exactly what it is other than that these Bigfoot, Sasquatch, they go by many names depending on the area, are intelligent and are psychically evolved and can telepathically communicate with E.T., and ultimately, I think consciousness is the connection. A lot of stuff really relates to the awakening of consciousness and the raising of your abilities. And these guys are spiritually advanced. And there's a lot of talk about, you know, is Bigfoot just a hominid walking around that is not intelligent or is it sentient? I lean towards, I know there's different types, but I think these guys are absolutely intelligent. I really do. And psychically gifted as well. Yeah, they call them skunky out here in Florida, where where I'm from. Oh, you're in Florida? Yes, I'm I'm in Central Florida. Oh, I grew up in Miami in the Everglades. There, there's sightings out there yeah. all the time. And yeah, I also lived our family owned a zoo in Dade City, Florida, and I lived there on the zoo for many many years. And uh, I used to see E5 in Dade City. I don't know if you know where that is. And um, yeah, it's pretty cool. And then I lived in Panama City for a long time. My my daughter still lives in. Panama City is a hot spot for UFOs. Did you yes, see anything while you were there? Yes, I lived in Panama City for a few years, and Talada was very busy with me there. Yep. Yeah, Did you Talada. see Talada is the, the name of the being? My my contact, yes. And is it a, a female or male? Talada, uh, he he's more male. He's a male, okay. and he's the entity that indwells my craft that I fly. Okay, so it's like interesting point because a lot of people have told me like, oh, I think these craft are actually aware or alive. It was such a treat to hear Dolly really go into depth in that when I was interviewing her for the book. She's she says, listen, they're all alive. All of them are embodied by you know, Talada. You describe him as a fifth dimensional entity. Yes, non corporeal. He has no body anymore. He's gone evolved beyond having to have a corporeal body. So they transcend to a different form eventually after a while. Is that what um, happened? They just they just lose the need to have a body anymore. They they don't need to be in this particular dimension anymore, and they stay out of it. So yeah. So they're on a different, essentially a different plane, I guess. They're Is in that... a different dimension. It's not dimension? a plane. We're okay. all in a di in interdimensional beings. All of us. You're in the third dimension. That makes you a third dimensional being. Okay. We're corporeal. We're in a gravity heavy, dense construct here. When you leave this body, you can decide whether you're evolved enough uh, to go up in the dimensions and live different types of lives and keep going up until you reach the, the 12. And then after that, you got another big decision to make about who you are, where you're going and what you're doing. Um, there's all kinds of different types of learning in our universe. And the dimensions, the different dimensions offer the next highest level to go to. So, yeah. Yeah, this is a, point. a lot of people talk about, you know, ETs being 
time travelers or interdimensional beings or an intelligence that wears different masks and all kinds of crazy theories that are not supported by the actual evidence. I am, it's my assessment. I think the evidence is overwhelming that we are dealing with people, extraterrestrials, people like us. People say, well, aren't, are they interdimensional? Well, yes, who isn't? All entities are interdimensional. We will survive this physical body and move on to another dimension. And this is not useful to describe these beings as interdimensional because all beings are interdimensional. Right. Uh, they certainly mastered it. I think they understand it a lot more than we do. Yeah. But they're not time, they're not us from the future. I've really looked into that. No, they're not demonic. They're they're not an intelligence that wears a different mask and is masquerading as ETs and is really something else. Jacques Vallée, John Keel, Lauren, Lauren Coleman, a lot of uh, prominent people in the field are putting forth a theory that is, I don't understand it. I don't understand the resistance to the idea that we are not alone. Because if this is an interdimensional intelligence that is surrounding us, bent on affecting our belief system, where does that leave us? Are we the only beings in this universe? That makes zero sense. And it's all bets off because let's face it, we have these craft. The Roswell crash did happen. And it's not just Roswell. There was the Kecksburg crash. There was the Paradise Valley crash, the Aztec crash. I could go on, the Cape Girardeau, um, Battle of LA. Supposedly one was brought down in that. We have the, the absolute conclusive evidence, proof. These are craft. These are beings. These are people like us. That is what we're dealing with, people. And so like when, when you have like sightings, like the Belgian like flap, uh, Hudson Valley, are those the beings that Dolly's talking about, or is that like some sort of, is that governmental and they're just tricking us? Is that something that's government? Yeah, both. We have to be careful. <laughs> right. I think the Hudson Valley flap was probably E.T. Uh, the Gulf Breeze flap, the Topanga Canyon wave, the Belgian flap. But some of what people are seeing is not E.T. Yeah. So how, how do you tell? Is there... I guess there's no way for well, anybody. I'll to give you a real big hint. Right now, because our magnetosphere is down so bad and we're imminently about to have problems, ET is bugged out. They are not here. They're physically not here anymore right now. They cannot be. It's too dangerous for them to fly here. They keep crashing. That's a problem. It puts them at terrible risk and terrible danger to be in space with an electromagnetic current sheet coming through it, slice them in half. No, they're not here. What's on this planet right now is back engineered technology and they're using it to fool you. They're using it to scare you. They're going to throw up a false flag and start calling the herd, okay? Because what's about to happen means this many people on the planet, it's unsustainable already. We're gonna be in their way when they try to hide or go be safe from what happens. And that means bad things for us unless we wake up and we prepare ourselves to take care of ourselves. Yeah, we have a real good long look at how our governments have treated us for hundreds of years. As much as I'd like to say I trust them, I don't. <laughs> Not with the UFO subject, their history is heinous. But if you look at them in any area, they have not been treating people well. And I don't want to 
say a blanket explanation for all people within government because there are good people in government for sure but we know that they have done horrible things in terms of sterilizing segments of the population radiating people putting poison in their food more people are dying now from prescription drugs than from illegal drugs that should not be happening or engineered illnesses that are wiping people out it's not a joke anymore so what are your thoughts on covid covid was engineered point blank it was manufactured and it was paid for from by this country the money was sent over there uh there are uh some people in high places here that actually are responsible for it and the chinese tried to cover it up the minute it got out i think it got out i don't know if it was i don't know their timeline exactly but i know that it, they meant to bring it out i know how mm -hmm. i got covid in 2019 um i was at our zoo i was giving a tour somebody from wuhan china just happened to be at the zoo and they coughed all over me. I was on my knees for over a month trying to get over what we didn't know what it was. My poor doctor had no clue. Turn around, get through this. This was in November, 2019. Come find out January, something's happening to the planet. And then by February, they locked everybody down. This was a manufacturer. This is, this is gain of function from SARS-4. It mutated, they mutated it on purpose. And I'm gonna tell you something right now, in uh, Massachusetts, they've got a university up there that's actually um, magnifying it even more. And they've got about seven more horrible variants of this particular illness. And nobody knows why they're doing it, but they know they are. This is true. This right. is really happening. Monkeypox was contained years and years and years ago. It wasn't going anywhere. And now suddenly it's all over the planet. That didn't happen by happenstance. That was engineered to happen. And they got four or five more other things out there that they're getting ready to release on us. It's not funny anymore. Is it like, do you think it's population control? Yes, absolutely. When the big thing hits the fan, when we go back to the Stone Age, people are going to be fighting each other to survive. And they're going to want to go underground. And a lot of people know where those underground bases are and will want to try to get in. They don't want you around to do that. They don't want to be fighting for their underground places of sanctuary. It's the 1% that have done this. This should be no surprise. We've had corporations selling weapons to both sides of conflicting countries for a very long time. Yeah, Preston Bush. <laughs> the good news is uh, this is all going to change. You know, the way we've been living is not sustainable. We're not supposed to be wage slaves we're not supposed to be fighting for our lives we're supposed to be living in cooperation and love and compassion and truth and since this has gone to a point that it's unsustainable uh this is ultimately going to stop and if it takes an existential crisis so be it but dolly's talks about this in the book and i've talked to many contactees who've had the same message that at some point ets will come down and scoop people up and transport them off this planet. This may sound like science fiction, but I'm telling you, this is a real phenomenon. You do, you may be skeptical of UFOs, but you will find out when you have the courage to actually look at the evidence that it's 100% real. And you can see what the end game of all this is if you really dig deep. Uh, so this is ultimately good news. Dying is not the end, by the way. We live oh. forever. We've done this over and over again. So we should remove all fear of death because it's not true. It absolutely doesn't exist. 
It's like walking through the door to a really wonderful place. And if you want to come back to Earth, you can, or another planet. Right. People need to realize this is not doom and gloom. This is good news because it's about time for change. We need to start living the correct way. We have screwed things up so bad uh, that it can't go on. It just can't. Have you heard of the movie Knowing the, with Nicolas yes. Cage? Yes. Was that like them telling us what was going to happen? Because that's pretty much very similar to what, what you're saying. I find that interesting. You know, consciousness talks to itself all the time. The universe talks to you. It's very chatty. Okay. Uh, E.T. refers to God as the all mind. Okay. That's how they perceive that intelligence. And um, they've been broadcasting to us forever the truth. And humans do hear it. They pick it up in there. You know, you OBE every night. I don't know if you realize it or not, but you don't stay in your body all the time. You leave. You couldn't stand to stay in your body all the time, okay? And the fact that you can't remember it is because you're not awake yet, all right? Um, I'm pretty sure that there are really interesting people who got these ideas directly from what the universe is about. Trying bloody, listen to me. <laughs> listen to what the truth is and, and putting it out there. I find this all fascinating. I'm watching it happen. I'm watching huge scores of people on this planet start to go toward the truth, okay, and want the truth. And I see the other half of it fighting them for it. So, yeah, Knowing is a very, very interesting, beautiful movie about science and, and, and psychic ability joining together. Think about that. Yeah, it's like Star Trek. Star Trek got a lot of stuff right, too. <laughs> I think this is a good sign of how contact you know, reaches many different levels. And some people are just inspired and get the truth out in whatever way they can. Right. So the world is headed toward a negative path. It's not I negative. Love... Please don't think about it that way. The, the one thing that you need to remember, okay, you've been veered away from these thoughts and I want you to think about what I say now, okay? Life and death are a normal process of everything. The one thing that doesn't die is your consciousness, you, who you are. You're not in touch with it right now, so you're not completely convinced. But I'm telling you, who you are right now, talking to me, holy you, does not die. Okay? This body will go away, but who you are is 100% intact, and you go on. And there's no fear in that, and there's no pain in that, and there's no disgrace in that. There's no God up there with a big stick saying, if you were a bad person, I'm going to put you in hell. That does not exist. Yeah, what does exist <laughs> is a universe full of love, full of care, full of wanting you to attain knowledge, wanting you to, to become as good, you know, evolved, conscious as you could possibly be. The negativity on this planet has reached unbelievable proportions. And what you can do to stop yourself from thinking this way is to turn off your TV, start reading science books, learn everything you can learn. Because the more you understand about science, the more you'll understand who T.T. really is. I mean, I can give you scientific knowledge and teach you things, but you have to want to have the basics under you to, to absorb it and catch it. Um, this planet is going through a cycle, a huge cycle. Every planet in all of the universe has a beginning, middle, and an end. Every solar system, every galaxy, all of it. It doesn't go away. There is no such thing as the Big Bang. This is an eternal universe. It exists forever. There is no such thing as black holes, by the way. They're great big garbage dumps that eat energy 
and things and absorb it. And then they kick it back out to build and renew. That's all they are. Every single galaxy has one or two or three of some of them. It's not something to be afraid of. And yet you've been taught to fear them, fearlessly fear them. Okay, don't. As you walk through this life, with your children, everything, what you have to remember is you must learn to love everything you love. Love everything, okay? Be in joy. Do what you have to do in a mature and responsible way, okay? But in, enjoy your existence. Learn everything that is learnable and then proceed. You will proceed out of this body someday. And it's a wonderful, joyous moment. Whether you make it off this planet and go with E.T. or whether you leave this planet another way, you're going to leave. Everybody does. Okay? Don't look at the end result of your life before you've even lived your life. Live in happiness. Live in joy. Live to learn. Live to understand. You will elevate. You will become free of all this oppressive, negative, fearful fear in your life and you will go, oh, wow, I'm not going to end this kicking, uh, being worried about what I did or what I didn't do. I'm ending up sliding into home plate. Oh, woo, that was quite a ride. Let's do this again. Okay. Don't yeah. be afraid. Live. Each person can do, you know, people feel very powerless, I think, in the world, but removing yourself from fear is one thing. Stop looking to our government, our lying governments on this subject and others for answers. The answers are within you. Start meditating. Start getting more self-sufficient. We used to, there was a time we lived without money. Yeah. Um, you know, we really don't even need that. There's enough for everybody. Food grows out of the ground. Right. We can be absolutely self-sufficient in small. It's abundance. Yeah. Yes. That's what we really need to start moving towards. And just do your best to survive because the time is coming when it's going to be a lot easier. And it's, I can't wait. I, mean, I think this is going to be awesome. I love science fiction. That's sort of prepared me for UFOs. Right. The idea of you know, being, going with the ETs is thrilling to me. I mean, that's awesome. I couldn't ask for a greater gift. And I'm going to enjoy each day on our planet because it's fun. It's interesting. Right. Um, I like it. And I absolutely refuse to live in fear. I'm not going to do it. It's no fun. Right. So so in closing, um, I'm going to ask you first, Preston, what's next? I know you just did this book. Uh, I think it was volume three, no, four, right? So are you working on maybe a documentary? Are you working on another book for the future? What's next for you? <laughs> yeah, we'll just put out Symmetry this year and the other book, Not From Here, volume four. There's going to be a volume five recently done some television interviews with like unexplained X with William Shatner and uh, ancient aliens called me. So that was fun. That's awesome. That'll be coming out soon. Yeah. I'm going to put out another book on out of body experiences. I've had a lot of those and I uh, want to do another book on that. Another book about people's encounters. I'm always working on something. <laughs> I do have a YouTube <laughs> channel where I'm putting out a lot of my research. I'm all over Facebook and other social media. My books are available on Amazon. And yeah, thanks for having me on the show, Chris. It's a no, I appreciate it. Um, I know you're extremely busy. Like I said, to, I'm starstruck. You're a superstar to me. And I know you you could have been doing something else, but you came on this show that not many people know yet about yet. And I really appreciate it. Uh, Dolly, uh, I want to thank you for uh, trusting me and in interviewing you. 
Um, what's next for you? Are you working on anything or? I have a developing YouTube channel and I've started putting out videos. I put my first introductory one out. I also have a film of my uh, of, uh, ETs in flight and uh, Talata specifically, uh, which is my ride. And um, I'm just going to keep uh, spreading the word and teaching as much as I can in my, my podcast and just go from there. We'll see. So, um, Preston, if you could send me uh, her links so when I post this up, I could put your links, Preston, to where people could reach you and find your books and your your material as well. And plus, I want to subscribe to your page, so I, I need to know what your YouTube page is. Okay. Um, but but thank you both very much. I really appreciate it. This was awesome. Um, I have a lot to think about. <laughs> 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 but yeah. thank you very much. Okay. You're welcome. You guys have a great night. Thanks. Thank you.